it's a pretty lovely film. Like, I actually really like it. It's sort of a, it's like an interesting story, I think, about, you know, generational differences. And, you know, I like kind of seeing Anne Hathaway this kind of like put upon, you know, CEO who is just like um, always like doubted, but is trying to like prove that she can do it. And because I feel like that's sort of like Anne Hathaway in a nutshell. Like, I think in some ways, like, this performance is probably like the closest she'll get to like playing like a similar to what she's like off screen and um i think i i, I think it's a, it's a it's a fun it's a very sweet movie i think there are a lot of really good scenes between robert de niro and Anne hathaway and i think that you know with the caveat that yeah like it's very white and doesn't really reflect brooklyn at all Alright, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by... Well, Mike, I'm sorry to say we've come to the end of December. We've come to the end of Nancy Myers and all of her end six of movies. I mean, what's the point <laughs> of even going on? Uh, which I guess is kind of appropriate, given that's uh, kind of what some of the characters are going through in this movie, in The Intern. It's like, what do we do at the, the late stages of life? That's what De Niro mm. is going through and trying to fill his time. So... We are, of course, talking about the intern, which I think is one of those. It's one of those movies for me. Like before, I knew who Nancy Myers was, like as a as a director. This as a force. Yes, I had seen this kind of not knowing who Nancy Myers was, and now it's, so it's been interesting, kind of going back and starting with her first movie and kind of you know circling back to this, a movie I had seen like just in passing and thought like, hey, that was pretty good, but not uh, a movie where I was like, oh, I gotta check out this director and see everything she's ever done. But I was like, that was enjoyable, which I think is kind of the standard Nancy Myers reaction. We talked about a couple episodes ago about how these movies are very cozy. Um, and I think this is, uh, this is another one of those. It does feel now that I've seen all of her movies, it, you can definitely tell that this is a Nancy Myers movie. Like it really does ring true. Yeah. You've got the, uh, the old dog, I guess learning new tricks, but uh, pretty quickly, I, I guess if there is any commentary here on the modern workforce, <laughs> it's that he exerts more influence with stuff he learned from his his line of work, which was uh, phone I think books. amusingly <laughs> phone books. Yeah, which I mean that that joke film. maybe is a little heavy handed. Like uh, the the guy who you know shipped out phone books is now telling people in dot com world what to do. Like it is the very older generation like something that doesn't even exist anymore like yeah uh, okay. and i like that the film didn't they didn't bang that drum for like <laughs> like total melancholy like there's a right. line where de niro's like you know i spent like 40 years producing something that's not in existence anymore like that's it's kind of dark a little dark and troubling but oh. uh it, he did seem to make a good life for himself yeah like, you know he's got a great place in new york and uh you know he has a lot of uh, nice clothes I mean that that's all the pocket squares. Yeah. Go. Um, Actually, the more I'm talking, I'm like, God, I'm I'm not even selling this. Is like happy. I'm like, he's got a nice place and a closet. <laughs> well, you know, Rene Russo seems to think he's pretty great. Okay. So that's... But he's a he's kind of a blank slate though uh, when he comes into the movie. We learn more about him as yes. his coworkers do. But yeah, I mean that's it is fair to be like, oh, he's just the old guy who uh, yeah. he dresses overdresses perhaps for this job. <laughs> yes, maybe a little bit. So here's the thing. I'm going to start off with with the ultra Hate? positives here. No, no, oh, the opposite. Oh, the opposite. Okay, calm down. Um, I was really impressed with Robert De Niro specifically in this movie. I did not think he had this in him. And actually, uh, I think an episode ago. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Just wait. I will get to why. <laughs> just hold, hold on. Uh, an episode ago, you oh, mentioned Quentin Tarantino, and this is actually one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies. He thought De Niro should have been nominated for an Oscar. For this movie. Like he loves the intern. Hmm. So Robert De Niro in a lot of ways has made a, a incredible career at playing antisocial, terrifying characters, people who do not do not connect with other human beings very well. Even and, in uh Meet the Parents, something that's just a yeah, pure comp. Yeah, yeah he's, absolutely. A, he's a villainous force. Exactly. Times. And here he is so warm and so giving, and it's so convincing. If you on paper, this character and Robert De Niro, this should not work at all. But I think he's legitimately fantastic here in this role. 
I was I was really shocked by this performance because you just don't think of, you know, De Niro as like kind of this guiding gentle force in all these people's lives. But it really, really works here. I think he's great. Yeah, his known for on IMDb uh, speaks to our much lesser uh, couple months prior to this. <laughs> uh, Cape Fear is top, which is strange. Cape Fear, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Main Streets. Bunch of nice guys there. Yeah. Yeah, not a likable character uh, in the bunch. So, yeah, uh, I think warmth, because uh, even when he's done comedy, um, or was that really bad one with Zach Efron, Dirty Grandpa, where yeah. it's just like... Or even analyze uh, this and analyze that. Like, again, he's playing the mobster and... Um, I'm thinking, like, uh, did you ever see The Big Wedding? Came out about six years ago. Yes, yes, I did see that. But even that, isn't he, like, the uh, kind of uh, ex-husband that's yep. kind of made mistakes? He's not, like, he's not likable. He's not presented as, like, oh, that's a likable person, even though he probably comes across that way in the film. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if there is another movie where he just comes across uh, as genuinely caring. Mm-hmm. Um there is a movie called Everybody's Fine where he's a father trying to reconnect with his kids. Uh, but since they're so distant from him, it does slip into De Niro. Like hmm. at times, like I'm going to crack somebody's head if they don't give me like, just <laughs> tell me like, you know, what's going on with your life. But you get maybe one scene of that with this being Nancy Myers. You do get a flandering husband, except this time he's in his 20s or early 30s. And you do get the De Niro stare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <At that Yeah>. <laughs> But somehow, like, but he's being protective they, of, like, you know. Well, this, I was uh, gonna this say it's more effective in its uh, terrifying nature because he has been so nice to everyone else that when he yeah, flips like, that switch, what's gonna happen? <laughs> I mean, I think it especially works because he is like now attached to this kid too. Like, I think it could come off a little regressive if it's just like, oh well, thank goodness this uh, this man Robert De Niro is here to defend poor helpless Anne Hathaway. <laughs> You know, but the fact that there's a child involved, too, I think softens that a little bit. But that is the one you're right. That is one moment in the movie where you do, again, Nancy Myers, I guess, leaning on who these actors are <laughs> like that stare. That's all you need. That two seconds. And you're like, oh, this is getting serious now. It's it's funny that uh, Tarantino, like, put this out there for, you know, Oscar consideration because and, and it, I don't know if you like if you have much knowledge of, of that, like. Because uh, we're just approaching it as film fans, but people who make these things, um, like he would never, I assume, make the intern. Like, what is it about? Like, I hope not. I, I, yes, <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> but you know, it's not even in like the same ballpark as the material that he creates for himself. So, what is it you think the director who's so stylistically different uh, can glean from this? Where the I do think the target for this was even smaller than like other Myers work. Like it's kind of specific to like this generation and this, this gap between them, but uh, it's not, I don't think it has the, the heaviness of even something like it's complicated or something's got to give because it's not about people like at the end of their journeys, like with De Niro it is, but most of the melodrama is about the younger person Anne Hathaway, who's like struggling right. here. Yeah. I, it makes me wonder what he did see in this. I think, I think there's probably two things. I think a lot of people who are artistic, kind of like to see the other side of things and like what's what's the genre I could never do and let me let me take a look at people who are doing that well and I also think Tarantino has this history of you know taking older actors who you see as one thing and kind of casting them in another light um De Niro of course does not need a career resurgence like maybe Travolta did in Pulp Mm. Fiction but you know De Niro here is playing a very different character as we mentioned than you expect and i think tarantino is kind of into that into kind of you know flipping your perspective a little bit being like oh what can this actor actually do that maybe he hasn't been given the opportunity to do in the past hey, yeah i'm looking up this quote and it's like he, he he's kind of basically putting it back uh in the i guess the uh the oscar uh machine and all the various uh, press that uh make a lot of their their <laughs> their money off of that machinery um, saying that this is not something that's even like, like even warrants like any particular comment. Um, right. and he puts it on, uh, the fact that maybe it is from a female perspective. And the quote here is, I thought the script was actually one of her best right up there with it's complicated. So apparently for Tarantino, she's only getting better. Like as she yeah. goes on. So wow. did not know that. Um, I, I think this is the closest 
Nancy Myers gets to with the Anne Hathaway character, maybe playing into like rom-com tropes, but it's strange. And gender not, tropes. I would, I would argue. There's not a romance with her. Like no. there's a friendship, like a genuine friendship between her and De Niro. And mm-hmm. I guess that would take the place of, you know, the sort of the meet cute, the breakup. I, I love that the breakup is just totally like forgotten. Like, you know, it's just this random text that she sends to like, I assume like her, you know, closest like assistant or someone on an executive level that runs the office. Um, that, you know, just, we need to switch this up. Basically he's just getting too close to my like personal life. Like right. it's becoming kind of uncomfortable for me, which would be fine. Like I, I wouldn't hold it against her if she was just like, you know, I can't, I can't make room uh, in my day to make sure the relationship between this strange intern, older man and my child is like on the up and up or good. Um, but I love that the, even in that sequence, like the breakup is the very next day, you just have a new driver and she's like, wait, when did I make that decision? Oh, no, shit. I like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want that anymore. Um, but Anne Hathaway is, you know, um, she, she, I actually think she's really good here. Cause at times she's very manic, uh, and then, uh, can become very focused and sort of serene, like in her, like the correctness of her decisions. Like she has this like instinct, which is played up later in the film when the, you know, the, the sort of personal plot is whether or not she's going to relieve herself of some of the duties of this company that she's created. And it's the Nero's character that sort of like keeps reinforcing along with others. That's like, no, it's like your particular instincts and insight in this, like that make this thing what it is. Um, but I, I, I did worry. I had concerns going into this one cause I saw this one theatrically that um, we were removing Diane Keaton and Meryl Streep. I'm like, oh, if we're going younger, are we going to see more like Pratt falling or like you know, a woman who has it all but like can't keep a man type territory? So the biggest, I think the biggest problems I have with the film probably are when they get into the um, the cheating husband stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know, I, I feel because <laughs> I'm a horrible person. I don't feel necessarily for the character, but I'm like, oh no. Like, I just want to see this woman work. I just want this to be a workplace comedy. So did you have any similar problems with it when it gets into the personal territory? Um, Kind of. My big problem is it. it's very strange. Throughout her career, Nancy Myers, I would not call her regressive when it comes to gender politics, but this one feels kind of regressive. Like, the message of like carry a pocket square because ladies cry at work. Like it was just like, what are we? And then the whole like, you know, I miss when men were men and women were women. And it was like, what are we? How? What year is it? Two thousand fifteen. And and, I, and to be fair, Anne Hathaway's character. I mean, you're you're accusing Nancy Myers of this, but Anne Hathaway is one. Yeah. Literally dressing down the men for like their presentation uh, for not looking masculine enough. Yeah. So I didn't <laughs> like that. I uh, you know, and you have. You like your hoodies, Dave? You like your sweatshirt? <laughs> no, that's and... not the issue. My, my bigger, I mean, I do. Let's be real. But, I mean, the bigger issue is just kind of like, you know, bringing these kind of old school gender politics into 2015. Just feel like if a man made this movie, I feel like this movie would be derided. Like people would be really upset about this movie if, you, if a man had written and directed this. I have something uh, uh, more depressing on that. Dave. Oh, good. I but... don't feel like this type of movie gets any attention negative or positive really either way. Like, I don't think like people like go the intern and like, I've got a tweet storm about this. <laughs> Cause I just don't think they're going to get any like likes or retweets on it. I just think it is so like, you know, it's not in the conversation enough. Um, That's true. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think if you watched it, you'd be like, well, I, cause then it, it does put a different bin on it. I was like, are we saying that like, in this sort of like <laughs> more calculated grooming way, like you need to present yourself a certain way so you can, so you can like dominate people at work. If you're, right. you know, you're the master of the universe. Um, I mean, you only being... have two female characters essentially in this workplace and they both break down crying at least two times at work. And I was like, do we really need this? Like rehashing this old stereotype that like, you know, women are emotional and men should be oh, you're strong. For... Like eh. you're forgetting Renee Russo doesn't cry. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm talking about her assistant, Anne Hathaway. But she only assistant. she only cries because Anne Hathaway, right? <laughs> like because Anne Hathaway is like just a machine, just a, like a work. Because like Anne it. Hathaway never says thank you, so she just can't handle that and breaks down crying. Like 
Uh, I didn't have a problem with that because that, that reminded me of a great moment from one of my favorites from Mad Men where Elizabeth Moss is crying saying like you never said thank you and Don Draper's like that's, that's what, what the money's, money's for, for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anne Hathaway not quite that mean but you're yeah. right I, I don't know like I I don't mind it because I, I have a bigger issue with you know the idea of interns in general this unpaid labor <laughs> <laughs> to me, which I well, guess... this way he still collects his retirement. He's still, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So if you're using like um, someone who's already had a long success, I mean, success look at career, look at where that guy lives in Brooklyn. It's you know he's okay. That's, that's making it more palatable to me. Yes. But yeah, the the idea that uh, an intern is there to uh, relieve the burden from these very important people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at yeah. everything that Ben does in this movie, this guy should be making six figures. Like he's, he's, he's he really... basically some sort of like, you know, uh, he's like an office manager. He's making yeah. like the, the trains come in on time and, and he's keyed into uh, the personalities of the people around him that he knows how to get the best out of them as yep. well. Uh, including, uh, do we have, is it just one guy from pitch perfect or we have two? I get, I get confused. I think just one. I think the, um, the guy who plays her husband uh, was on another, he's on that, uh, I can't remember. It was like a Comedy Central TV show. It was like basically uh, three friends. Workaholics. Who all, workaholics. And the, the guy from Pitch Perfect was also in Workaholics. So That's okay. That's why I'm... Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the... Uh, yeah, people crying. I don't know, Dave. Do you, is it just... Uh, didn't Nancy Myers do enough with you with Jude Law as far as presenting men on screen? That's a good point. Crying? That's or even Jack point. Nicholson cries. I mean, my goodness. Good can't point. we... We can have a woman cry. It's fine. Uh, I don't know. It seems, seems a little over the top. Like Renee just... Russo doesn't do it for you as like the the happy strong so, so speaking of Renee Russo what did you think about uh the scene where she is introduced like where they essentially just you know they make a joke about like, hey De Niro could still get it up that's, that's oh the, the owner introducing scene um it's a strange scene for a Nancy Myers movie like I was very surprised uh, by that it's stranger game. that the two young men sitting next to him hey uh, nice like looking at this man's erection uh, and helping him out. Appreciatively. Uh, like, good job. Way to go, Ben. I don't, I mean, you know, do I have a problem with that particular thing happening? I, I don't because I, I actually looked at it more, you know, less uh, uh, broad there. I just looked at it as a, a guy from a different, <laughs> different generation in the workplace. And so suddenly someone coming like, Oh, I'm gonna give you a massage now. That would be, yeah, totally off-putting slash out of bounds. So his reaction, uh, yeah, is going to go a different direction than someone that's just like, yeah, I expect people to rub my shoulders while I'm at my keyboard. Right. Like, uh, so I didn't have an issue with that. Um, it is, I guess, a lot nicer. It's Renee Russo. I mean, good for De Niro. I liked that. Do you think she was going back to uh, Renee Russo was younger than De Niro? Um, but she's also like an older actress, definitely by Hollywood standards. Right. Uh, I did like that even Nancy Myers was kind of commenting on herself by having like someone like Renee Russo is the younger woman to this like neighborhood woman that's after De Niro. Oh, and she gives like a very at a funeral, very knowing, like, I see what you've done. Like even <laughs> you. <laughs> so one thing I really did like about that scene is I expected when I first saw it, I expected, oh, this is going to be a running stupid joke uh, throughout the movie. But I like that they just kind of move on from it. They like, you know, they kind of help him out and cover himself up and then the next scene they're just like interacting like everything's fine like no big yeah, I didn't didn't want him to be known as boner guy <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which honestly i guarantee you if you transfer this situation to real life that's exactly what would happen in this poor well, 70 year old man intern and it's like your your first like month on the job yeah that's that's it you wear that until yeah you, you, you are boner through. guy until you do something else funny or cool like sorry man that's your name now you gotta wear it like so i was happy that they didn't go that route but it's a very it was a very strange thing to be in a nancy myers movie like it not that she doesn't shy away from sex and she doesn't shy away from sex with older actors but it was just i don't know something about it i was like really that's what we're doing here that's your introduction to the you know who will soon be his next girlfriend like just like she touched me for nine seconds and I just couldn't control myself. That's I knew. I knew right then and there, Dave. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> when you know, you know. But all my complaints aside about this movie, I do think it is a good movie. And I think it's tremendously well acted, especially by the two leads. I think the two leads are great. 
Um, there's a certain sequence, I think right after, like, for whatever reason, a fire alarm has gone off in the, in the hotel and they're just kind of sitting there talking, talking through, you know, her problems and then just spending time together. And I was like, this is a really nice friendship and something you rarely see in a movie is like an, an older guy and a younger woman just having a genuine connection that doesn't have to be romantic and doesn't have to be, as you would call it, icky with this much older man and younger woman, which which Nancy Myers is prone to have in her movies, but certainly not with your main characters that you're rooting for. Um, so I was happy to see that, this like very chaste, very nice interaction between these two actors. Yeah, I mean, I think it's De Niro, the way he plays it, is that he's more aware of that. Not that he would he would think that, you know, his boss, this much younger successful woman who's married, would be coming on to him. But I think he's more, he's more like sort of keyed into like the presentation of things, like how this looks. Like in that sequence, he's like, you know, she's like, no, just get on the bed. It's fine. You know, we'll watch TV. We'll just hang out. And it's like you can tell he's like, I need to be in a chair across the room or <laughs> Whatever. I do like the, also the small detail that she points out that he travels with his own robe. And it's like, good Lord. Like, it's just <laughs> so cute. I mean, it, I think also Nancy Myers is very aware of this, too. Like, if you look at the way she blocks the scene, there's the, the food that they've taken out of the, the mini fridge or whatever is between their two bodies. Like, there is a barrier there. And I think that is I've a seen very... nine and a half weeks. That doesn't stop anything, Dave. <laughs> Sometimes I just, you know, <laughs> just adds things. to it. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a very there's a very specific choice she made. It's like she knows that Hollywood is fond of these older men, younger women, sexual relationships. And she's very clearly putting a an actual barrier there and saying, like, that is not what we're doing here. Like, these two are colleagues. These two are friends. And that's all they're ever going to be. And that's a good thing. Also, he's boner guy. Just, you know, for that one lady, Renee Russo. He's a one woman man. Just boner guy for Renee Russo. That's it. Which, you know, fair enough. Do you think that, that the Renee Russo plotline is put in there? We don't see too much. I mean, I, I mentioned the one, you know, funeral date gag, um, which he takes her to a funeral for a person she doesn't know because he doesn't want to break the date. And, you know, he's just a man that's going to, he's got obligations. He's going to meet every one of them. Um, do you think they put that in the film to to give us like because this movie is kind of marketed in a rom comish style, even though mm-hmm. there's not going to be a romance between our two main characters, that they wanted to have just a little bit of that that flavoring because everything with Anne Hathaway and her husband, you know, I, I don't think that's date night material. The guy that's like stepping out on his very successful wife who's already very stressed. And I mean, I, I like the way they play it. I think they play it kind of realistic where it's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know about you. You know, you're come from <laughs> Italian family. There's no like dishes being thrown or there's no like Godfather, like fight sequence or anything. What's the but, point, Mike? <laughs> why well, that's why I thought like, well, Dave's not going to like this. You know, they don't, <laughs> they don't amp it up to 11. Um, but yeah, all of that stuff, like even on rewatch, like I, I, and maybe I'm just like, I'm part of the problem as far as I'm trying to box in this particular film. But like, there is a certain part of me that's thinking like, man, this, this whole segment is kind of ruining some of the charm of this. Like it's getting a little too real mm-hmm. here. And I don't really like seeing a successful young, young woman punished, even if it makes sense that she doesn't spend a lot of time at home. So, you know, he's seeking out her partner, seeking out something that he's not getting from her. I don't know. It, it feels a little, a little too heavy for my liking. I, I really, I think this is the one I had the most problems with on rewatch. Cause I really wanted this to stay just in the workplace. Yeah. I mean, I think it also goes into that kind of shitty territory of like, you can't have it all ladies. You can either be successful <laughs> or have a successful yeah. relationship. Like, and I, you know, I'm, I couldn't be more over that, but to your point of like the Renee Russo character, I think, I think she's necessary for two reasons. One, the one you mentioned is the fact that like this does, it is filmed and shot like a rom-com. Like it does, feel like that and you need some romance i mean you got the opening sequence where <laughs> de niro's being kissed without his consent by this by this older woman he's clearly uncomfortable with it. it is a very uncomfortable scene to watch so you need that romance aspect and also i think it 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 builds up the de niro character even more like oh look this is actually a guy who's who wants a relationship with someone closer to his own age so there's never that moment of you think like oh, i hope it doesn't go this like older man, younger woman route. Like it's never really like she works very hard in the script and as a director to make sure you're aware that that's not what this relationship is. She has a marriage. He has a romantic, you know, if not relationship interest in this other woman. So 
you know, we have that separation there. So I'm really glad. And also Rene Russo is just a really charming presence on screen. And it's just, it's good to see her on screen. You just, she's one of those actors that like, I guess like her height of popularity was like around the Lisa Weapon, the, Thomas Crown. Uh, Ransom, uh, yeah. 10 Cup, the 90s. I mean, she just yeah. hit after hit after hit. Uh, she is 60 years old. When this was filmed, like she's like 65 now, because I actually thought there was I thought there was like a 20 year gap between her and De Niro. It was like nine years yeah. difference between them. At that so, age, that's like, you know, negligible at that point. Well, I mean, you know, now now I guess I'm being insulting to De Niro. I was like, Jesus, like <laughs> but he was like 96. What is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I thought Renee Russo was like here you on know, her uh, early fifties. I'm I'm all over the map here. Yeah, very, uh, very good for uh, the Ben character. Um, how do you feel about the the way the rest of the workplace is portrayed? Because that's probably something that's outside of Nancy Myers, you know, particular purview there. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't think it's like terribly important to the plot or the structure of the movie. Most of the characters at work are just there as kind of like side silliness um you know unless you're sitting next to De Niro looking at his erection you don't <laughs> yes. really matter too much <laughs> exactly and then you have this whole elongated sequence where you know they go and steal her mother's computer uh which I mean I enjoy that sequence but it does seem really out of place in this movie it does feel like what are we <laughs> what are we breaking enjoyed... into this woman house, woman's house like what's going on I enjoyed here? the character who uh it's Anne Hathaway that their boss is saying that there's an alarm system why didn't you give us the code? They're on the phone. She's like, oh, no, it's just there it's for fake. looks. And I'm like, you you don't have a keypad in your house for looks. You have, like, maybe a sign on your window. Or your right. Front, you the know, wear of dog sign. Yeah, something. And, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I love the character that when the alarm actually goes off, he's like, I knew not to believe that. That like that made no sense. Like, <laughs> my instincts were right. Um, you know, it's it's definitely hijinks. I mean, you're absolutely right. This is not. Uh, they strictly did not want to focus on the, the workplace environment other than the fact that she rides a bike. You know, through the this sort of warehouse style office, and uh, but that's it, and that's that's a little bit depressing. But I, as I said in the previous episode, I think Nancy Myers writes from a purely personal, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you know as much as we probably have problems with you know the the whole the trope, the sort of movie trope of women can't have it all. She actually has probably lived those very situations with sure. herself or her friends or family. So, uh, yeah, we're saying shut up about it. <laughs> and she's probably saying to me, you and I want to try living it. And we're like, all right. <laughs> fair, fair enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely true. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting. Like her movies always make money. And yet I, it makes me wonder like what the process behind the scenes was, because this movie, uh, as far as budget, was much lower. Than her last, only a thirty-five million dollar budget, whereas other movies were like close to eighty or ninety. So uh, it looks great. It does. It looks fantastic. It just makes me wonder, like, oh, that's just all I needed. Like, so we're good here. Or if it was someone saying, like, uh, you know, we need to decrease the budget on your movies a little bit. Like, you know, we don't have as many scenes in the homes in this movie. This is very different for her. Where I guess it kind of goes back to what women want, where it's like much more focused on the workplace. Um, so that was a, a little bit of a different move for her. And I find myself wondering, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, um, usually if you go on IMDb and you look up a director, you see their projects that are kind of in motion right now and there's nothing for Nancy Myers. So what are you expecting from Nancy Myers moving forward from 2015? It's been four years and there's not even anything in production at this point. Well, she's uh, on record saying that she's just very slow and deliberate. Like, um, and I guess, I mean, she's been a successful filmmaker in one capacity or another since what the early '80s, late '70s. Okay. Like, has been in the business as a screenwriter and uh, producing yeah, so films. Good point. So it's easy to forget, right? It's like, yeah, she's only made six movies as a director, as a standalone mm-hmm. director. That doesn't mean she wasn't working before that. Like, she's had a long career. Uh, but I could see. I mean, I could I could see like playing more off the values of the intern, 
Uh, in particular, if she's if it's truly like a family business, because with her uh, previous partner, uh, you know that she she wrote uh, Father of the Bride. Um, there's a Goldie Hawn movie that I've not seen. I believe from the '80s, uh, Private Benjamin. I oh, think that's that's name. a classic, man. I think it's. Um, yep. Well, I need to get on top of that. Uh, but she didn't direct it. You know, I, I I'm pretty much all in on like her having total power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with her daughter now getting into it with uh, Home Again, which we did a, a Grand Gesture episode on. Um, I don't know. You you, may, you could uh, – I could see this. If she's writing from the point of view of her life, you know, maybe there's a mother-daughter hmm. uh, story she'd like to tell or, you know, co-write with her, her daughter. Or um, maybe she doubles down on the intern with the, the changing dynamics of, like, as you just mentioned, the budgets that – you know, she's one of the relatively, unfortunately, like the few uh, successful female filmmakers who could get an eighty-five million dollar budget for a rom-com. Um, you know what the, the changing marketplace, how that, you know, it's both increased the uh, the various content we get from diverse voices, but the unfortunate side effect of that is Hollywood has opened the floodgates for various streaming platforms of a certain budget. But are those same diverse voices ever going to get the $85 million that Nancy Myers once got? Pro- yeah. Probably not. So it, it still limits the stories that they can tell in a certain way or how they're presented. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I bet if you know if Nancy Myers' career was like adjusted 10 years later, she would be – all of her movies would probably be on streaming. Mm-hmm. You know, which would be kind of sad, giving all the money and all the care she does. Like, you can you can like Nancy Myers or not like Nancy Myers, but you cannot say she does not put care and consideration into every scene in her films. Like, she really puts care forth the consideration, uh, That is not the business model of a Netflix, no. which is get us as much content as quickly as you can. Forget about it the next week and then move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I, I, I actually would like to see her, you know, kind of stay inside baseball a little bit and, and give us that perspective of someone who could work in this capacity and how that landscape has changed for someone who's had nothing but success after success after success. Like she's not had a flop, like yeah. as far as her directing work. That's true. Uh, so it is really unfortunate that the, the budgets decrease and it's like, yeah, it was good then, but uh, you're going to have to work at this level now. Yeah. And, and not only, she- not only not a flop, but in at just at first glance, every one of her movies has at least made double its budget. And there's not a lot of directors who have made more than two movies that you can say that about. Like that, that should count for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, counts whether you make a $30 million movie or a $90 million movie. If you're making double your budget and more, you're doing okay. So I just hope that because of the way we are with like the streaming world, I hope she continues to get the opportunity to actually make theatrical releases, you know, because not everyone is like Scorsese went to streaming, but he's getting like the biggest budget he's ever had for a movie so and that is not the norm and i don't think that if nancy myers you know got a deal with hulu or whoever i don't think they're going to give her the 200 billion dollar budget to do whatever she well wants, especially since they're they're owned by disney now in particular so that's out the window they don't you know that's not their concern as but to nancy, nancy myers, myers IP. nancy no. myers does an mcu movie that's not that's not what's coming next I hope not. <laughs> that would like I feel like that would destroy you from the inside out. Like I don't know what to feel. Notice <laughs> I was momentarily quiet as I just sort of like uh-huh. kicked that around for you know two <laughs> seconds and lived through that particular circle of hell. Yes, that's so good. So so now we move into kind of our wrap up with Nancy Myers. So now that we've seen all of her movies, what do you expect from a Nancy Myers movie? Like because eventually we'll get into the kind of masterpiece discussion. Like I guess. Like, when I walked into this, uh, I had kind of made the assumption, like, oh, well, older female protagonist, but maybe that's not true, because she does have a a variety when it comes to female Mm -hmm. protagonists. But, I mean, obviously, set design is going to be a big big tip-off when it comes to Nancy Myers. But I think what you had brought up from the very beginning really hits home, is that unlike most romantic comedy directors, her characters in general are successes. They're not people trying to find their way. They're people who, at least professionally, have found their way, and now they're trying to kind of complete themselves in a more whole way. I think uh, having watched them all, uh, she takes the internal monologues that we probably all have, uh, uh, the the doubt or, uh, you know, as we're sort of working through the correct thing to say, and oftentimes she has her characters just say 
say it without sort of editing uh, that. And it's not. And the the thing I really like about her films is you'll sometimes see that in particular in romantic comedies with the character. And then they like immediately apologize <laughs> for it. And I think the closest you get that is maybe Cameron Diaz. Uh, but I even think that she's she's so like true to her particular hangups and she, she puts them out there on front street that I think she even stops apologizing. She's like, I shouldn't have to because within 10 seconds, you know, this is me and this is what, this is what I'm about. So if you can't handle that, then just fuck off. Um, I think that's something that's probably off putting to a lot of critics, mm. to be honest, um, that, uh, you know, they could accuse these films of not having a particular nuance they're looking for, but that's kind of, code for like uh women being direct and makes me uncomfortable i think yeah. um yeah. so that that's what you know this experience of watching them was was seeing that you know so often um and maybe when the characters are punished for it is when they're not being uh direct i, I think we saw that a little bit with Anne hathaway and the intern um when she doesn't exactly explain why she wants ben removed like as her assistant uh, or, you know, she's like talking about her mom instead of having like a more direct conversation. That's when the problems come in. So Nancy Myers likes very direct, honest characters, which is, uh, can obviously lead to a lot of comedy. Um, uh -huh. but you know, she never punishes them that for, for being honest. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now we come to the, the part of the month where we talk about our favorite movie by a director, their best and their masterpiece. And I have made a decision from here on out. <laughs> to pick three different movies no matter what even if i think one movie is all three of those which may or may not be the case this month see so, i made the decision to pick one movie oh this you month, son of I... a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so mike what is your favorite nancy myers movie the holiday the holiday okay you want to you want to defend that or do, you do i have to, to defend that you don't, I don't have think to so it's, um, you know it's your final chance maybe to talk about the holiday i think okay so if even if you really like Nancy Myers' uh, work, I think the the biggest thing that um, is a deciding factor in selecting that one is that it's the rare time where we focus on uh, two particular romances that are going on, as opposed to being so inside the headspace of say you know Meryl Streep and it's complicated, uh, or Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson who are both trying to get at you know where they are with each other. Um, Strangely, we haven't touched on like the the use of uh, the internet, which I think is funny. Like that, Nancy Myers was sort of an early adopter for people who uh, don't make that like a part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like, but even in that film, <laughs> you have the instant messaging between Jack and Diane Keaton. Um, so it's funny that she comes back to the intern with a character that's like computers. <laughs> what is this? Um, so yeah, I think just sort of diversifying. Um, you know, the, the women that she's presenting on screen, uh, being in a similar situation, but, uh, having different ways of sort of navigating those particular times in our lives. Uh, that's why I feel like I'm getting more, uh, Nancy Myers for my buck with the holiday. Uh, cause it's like, I'm getting two, two, uh, mini movies inside of one with that one. It's and it's a Christmas point. movie too. How about that? You know, yep. it's one of my favorites. Perfect. Um, so if I was being honest, uh, and I'm sure this will not surprise you, one movie would take all three, but I'm not going to do that. Not Which do movie that would that be, Dave? We'll we'll get to that. You just <laughs> hold your horses, sir. Um, and so I don't know if me picking other movies is going to make me more of a source for mockery, or picking the same movie is more of a source for mockery. So <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. So I'm going to say my favorite is the first movie we covered, and I'm shocked. I think uh, Parent Trap is really enjoyable and really fun, uh, and kind of works on levels that I did not expect. Kind of a standard Disney movie. To work on. I think it is like in terms of that genre, gotta be one of the best acted and written versions of that you can get. And I can envision myself just kind of putting that on in the background. Like, you know, it's like all of her movies, it's very cozy and comfortable. And despite the fact that it stars a child, it never feels obnoxious in the way that a a child led movie could. Um so that movie, like I am I am as shocked as anybody that Parent Trap worked as well for me as it did as a 40 year old man like that is shocking to me but you know i think it's kind of perfectly cast just about perfectly written and really well directed considering this was her first the first film she directed like that's that's pretty impressive so yeah the parent trap who knew this moving on to best here yes now we're at best so what's what's her best 
the best is the holiday uh, for <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, however, if I'm using, if I'm going to stretch myself, because um, mm-hmm. I would have the holiday spoiler down for all three of these. Like mm-hmm. I just, um, I uh, if I was going to stretch though and use something I did with Scorsese with Alice doesn't live here anymore, uh, going outside of maybe what uh, would appeal to me normally or to the filmmaker. Uh, I would say the parent trap is the most impressive. So I would I would mm. say best as far as her skill set because she is she's stepping outside working with child actors, uh, making them likable. Unlike it's complicated. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should say those are children because those are grown adults, but they, definitely they behave act like, like children. children. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the one I hadn't seen. It was because of that. I'm like, oh, it's a Disney kids movie. It's a remake. Uh, you know, Lindsay Lohan uh, being adorable and cute, I'm sure, and uh, just rambunctious. Uh, but honestly, watching it, it didn't feel like in tone or the experience of it as far as the way the humor works or the romance, really that different uh, in my response from any of her other films. So the, the way she was able to use a known property, a Disney remake, a, a classic, if you will, uh, and work with kids within like sort of the Nancy Myers like sort of worldview uh, is really impressive. So if I was just looking at the best movie, the one I would rewatch over and over and over again is the holiday. But just from that, like the talent it took, I think Nancy Myers redoing the parent trap works a lot better than say, I don't know, is like flubber a classic, you know? I mean, I think that's in the same wheelhouse, right? The same genre, original kind of, you know, Disney TV movie, essentially that was I've not revamped seen either version of flubber so i'm not commenting on quality but i'm just i mean i remember liking the original but i was like probably six years old when i saw it so i don't put much stock into that you know the update is just kind of a robin williams vehicle which will be entertaining but probably not you know great probably not a lasting entry into into the film world so the director is a uh, les mayfield who uh is known for his blue streak with martin lawrence Oof. Encino Man, Flubber, and uh, this can't be right. Hearts of Darkness. Did he do the documentary? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why he's listed on that because uh, he's not the director of Hearts of Darkness. Anyway, um, Flubber might be point, the best he's going to get. That's <laughs> My point was if he had moved on uh, from Flubber and Disney was like, oh, now you can do the parent trap, I don't think you get uh, quite uh, the same movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm going with best for that one. Just to play your little game, Dave. Okay. So, my uh, her best, in my mind, is something's got to give. That should come as no surprise to anyone, because I just kind of adored that movie and want to go back and watch it again. And if I was being honest, this would be all three. This would be favorite, best, masterpiece. But I'm stretching myself a little bit. Uh, but I just think it's, you know, it's just about perfect. Like, it's, I did say it's my, my favorite romantic comedy. Uh, I don't know if that's... Totally true, but it's certainly close. I mean, I can't think of too many others that I would that Come I would on, put above. So the last episode of Nancy Myers Month, just double down, triple All right. down. It's You're the like, greatest it romantic comedy to ever been filmed. <laughs> we will never equal. We should just stop making them because this is the best it's going to get. Is that better? So, well, studios have l- heard you loud and clear on that. Like, yeah, we are going to stop making those. Those go straight to Netflix now. So it's Nancy Myers' fault. That's what, that's what we're saying. So, hey, it's your fault. Is okay. what it is. All right. So, Mike. What is the Nancy Myers masterpiece? And you could show a person one movie and be like, this is what Nancy Myers is all about. Which one is it? I I would show the the holiday because I think it's the most pleasing. And um, as I said, you get the most bang for your your buck. Um, but like the way I've been treating masterpiece up to this point uh, is like the one that sort of touches on the most themes that she returns to. Um, and so we saw, a, you know, when you're talking about age, cause you, you brought that up, that's not necessarily the case. And certainly with the holiday, I don't think that's really touched on at all mm-hmm. other than the Eli Wallet character, like sort of like looking back his, at his professional life. But as far as the rest of the characters go, they're all age, you know, appropriate relative to each other in this, mm-hmm. you know, same ballpark there. Um, so I would go with masterpiece. I would go with something's got to give because, you know, it's complicated. It's like. You know, definitely in that same genre. Um, and it's not as good. I, Just say it. It's not as good. It's okay. <laughs> well, you know, apparently Tarantino thought it was like, you know, her best until the intern. So I, I was I was surprised by that. That's okay. It's definitely like 
I think it's more sex comedy than something's got to give. However, I think the sex comedy aspects of something's got to give are far funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that when that switch is flipped, that uh, the problem people may have with something's got something's got to give is it becomes like a, a romantic drama, like for the last, you know, maybe not the last third, but definitely the last Close half to hour. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that if someone was like, you know, what is, uh, who is this Nancy Myers? What do they do? Uh, my more honest response would be like, oh, let's watch the holiday, especially if it's uh, November 1st uh, <laughs> or on. Um, but I think that something's got to give uh, would give you a better representation of the, the themes that she's she's about and like uh, the type of comedy that she can get. You get Diane Keaton fully nude. You don't get uh, you don't get Alec Baldwin uh, fully nude. As there, there were, she couldn't break that barrier as far as male nudity. We could not get full frontal Alec Baldwin. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Something's Gotta Give, I think, is probably like the best representation of what you're going to get with a Nancy Myers movie. Hmm. So for my masterpiece, I'm going to go with your favorite. I'm going to go with The Holiday. Um, I think... So now are people going to be mad, because we can't be mad at each other, that we picked the same three movies, we just shuffled <laughs> them around? <laughs> well, they're clearly, they're clearly her three best. I mean, I don't, I don't think you'll get a lot of pushback, except from Quentin Tarantino, I guess. He'd be mad I would love to get that pushback. <laughs> yeah, come on, Quentin. Be we on have our a show. deleted uh, uh, Patreon pledge uh, from one Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Your podcast sucks. <laughs> I will take that. I will <laughs> please uh, tweet that out. We will. Uh, we'll be grateful for that. Um, but I think you know. I talked about when I first kind of walked into this month, thinking one thing about Nancy Myers and thinking it was very focused on a certain age group and found out that wasn't true. You know, you think about the holiday, you think about what women want, you think about Parent Trap. There's three of her six movies right there that really aren't about middle-aged people in luck. Um, uh, Really, I think the most important part is what you've mentioned, this kind of successful um, uh, side of these people, that they are successful professionally, but they also have their own hangups and neuroses. And I think you get that on full display with all four of these characters. Uh, and of course you have the amazing sets and the money on the screen and you have romances that work. Even when in my mind, one doesn't work quite as well as the other. Like you, like you said, you do kind of have two movies in one here. So I, I think that's, that's a really nice, uh, a nice trick to pull from Nancy Myers that like, there's going to be people that relate to one relationship more than the other. So you, you always have something to hold on to in this movie. And I think that's, you know, that's the perfect description of a Nancy Myers movie. Like we've talked on and on about how they're cozy and comfortable and feel nice. Uh, and the holiday really does. I mean, it, it is, it, we mentioned all of her movies feel a little bit like holiday movies, a little bit like Christmas movies. And this is the only one that truly is a Christmas movie. So I think that kind of encapsulates who Nancy Myers is as a filmmaker really, really well. So, I mean, if I'm not going to be picking, uh, Something's got to give. I think the holiday is a really nice pick to introduce someone to Nancy Myers with. So that's that's her masterpiece for me. Well, I mean, the most comforting aspect of her film, and you can you could say it's fantasy uh, if you want, is that in the holiday, those characters don't really have to change anything about themselves. They mm-hmm. just need to change the location and the, the more honestly, the people that they choose to surround themselves with. And that's that is a comforting thought that probably more people. Need to hear now. There are some people that you know. They some people need to, need to change. Is that well? Some people probably just need to hear, "Hey, you're an asshole," and that's why. Like that's why you're running into these problems over and over again. But like, you know, as we see with uh, Kate Winslet saying that you know she's she's the best friend in the story of her own life, uh, or Cameron Diaz who said, "Hey, look, uh, I've been told before, like I'm bad at sex. Uh, I'm not emotionally engaging or involved. Uh, hear all the bad things about me. So you should just know that up front if you're willing to accept it." Uh, no, it's never like, it's never like really like kind of clicked with her. That's like, maybe it's just those other people. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you. And she finds weepy, beautiful Jude Law. Who's like threatening to take a piss on her front step in the middle of the night. But he, you know, he and, looks good in sweaters and glasses. So, you know, you know, you get that trade off. A fine. napkin on his face. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> napkin head, all of that. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's a, you know, has that sort of like, uh, Christmas or maybe more appropriately like New Year's kind of uh, mm-hmm. reflection on yourself where it's yeah. like uh, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's just like I need to slightly change my circumstances mm-hmm. uh, and have a little more 
positive, uh, positive support system. Uh, and it helps when they look like Jude Law. Because if yeah. they look like Jack Black, Dave's going to be yeah. like, well, that doesn't work. I can't accept this at all. <laughs> look, I have I are. have standards. What can I say? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, Mike, I just want to thank you for this month. This was a very enjoyable month of podcasting. And of course. It, of course, all downhill from here. Do you remember, like, we record these so far in advance. Do you remember what's next after Yeah, this? I do. Because it's... Uh... I mean, the way you've got this, like, you've got me sandwiched in here with <laughs> Nancy Myers is like, you know, I guess the, the meat, the toppings on the sandwich <laughs> and the two slices of bread are two, two months of Martin Scorsese. And next month is Spike Lee. Yep. God, man. Like, can't you like, you know, we're, we're <laughs> look, we're supposed to be covering I, the greats here. I think Spike Lee counts. That's one of the greats. It's yeah. It's it's not that he 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 doesn't. And uh, you know, the other podcast to do nine nine from nine nine. I've just sort of rediscovered Summer of Sam, which spoiler alert is on the list. So it's like I was like, man, this is fucking phenomenal. Like this is like an unheralded classic. Uh, however, um, I have to say before you read off the list, man, am I looking forward to his more comedic stylings because that's <laughs> the mood. Like, and I, I do think that he has a little bit more. I think he has a bit more comedy in his work than Scorsese, who did have After Hours and King of Comedy, uh, if you want to call that a comedy. Yeah. King of uh, Comedy might be a stretch. I mean, it's a dark yeah. comedy. So, but a lot of Spike Lee's comedy is honest to God comedy. Like he does, yeah, he does have some chops there. So, Let's see how many of them uh, made the list, though. All right, so we will start off with She's Got a Habit. Good, and all then right, yeah. a double feature of Do the Right Thing and Jungle Fever. A little comedy here and there in those movies. Do the right thing, you know, before <laughs> before things go to, to hell, you know, yep. pretty quickly. And then the next episode will be Malcolm X and Four Little Girls, which is the documentary he did. So that'll be I'm eight. thinking not a lot of comedy in those two. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen either one, but okay. Not, not much. Wait, you haven't seen Malcolm X? Huh. I own it. It's very long, Dave. It I is. Know how I feel it about is. That. Fair yeah. enough. Then we move on to He Got Game and Summer of Sam. Uh, which I am, I'm sure that's going to be Mike's favorite episode, those two back to back. And then we'll do 25th Hour and Inside Man. Um, so kind of one of the movies seen as a classic and one seen as like his foray into genre. So that'll be interesting. And then we'll close up with his most recent, which is Black Klansman. Um, so that that is what is on the schedule for next month. So Mike, how pumped are you for Spike Lee in next month? Well, I'm definitely not pumped for Malcolm X or Four Little Girls because, uh, well, that'll be, uh, in particular with the documentary, uh, sort of depressing uh, for, you know, and as long as I sit with it, which uh, I don't think with Spike Lee films, you're meant to be like, on to the next, never thinking <laughs> yeah. about that again. Um, but yeah, like uh, you, you kind of shout out uh, He Got Game, uh, which I think is like uh, – like way more complicated than what it was initially received and maybe even to this day, uh-huh. uh, the way it's sort of regarded. So I definitely look forward to to talking about that one. I don't think I've ever done a podcast on it, but mm-hmm. I, that is one that I revisit uh, every few years. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, but she's got to have it. We'll start out with sex comedy from Spike Lee. It'll be fine initially. Yes, yes it'll be fine initially. So. Uh, that is the end of our month of Nancy Myers. Thank you for joining us. Uh, now we'll move on to much more serious things, for better or for worse. Uh, if you would like to hear more from us, follow us on Twitter, at DirectedByPod, or you can donate to the show and get some of these uh, these interviews like we had all month uh, with Manish Mathur of It Pod to Be You. Uh, you just go to Patreon. I hope he said the right things uh, that Dave yeah. wrote for him. I'll, I'll find a way. <laughs> I will find a way. Uh, so just go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by, and you can donate as little as $1 a month and get access to all of those features. So we will talk to you next month when we talk more about Spike Lee. Yeah, it was a chance to-